Welcome, everybody, to the State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis, and today, unfortunately, we are not going to have a happy podcast. It is going to be a podcast in which we are going to be real, right? We're going to be talking about a lot of things that happened yesterday, and there was quite a bit of things, and there is a lot of reasons why this episode is actually called A Republican Major Crisis and why we included the word major, because there is a lot going on, not just on the pitch, but out of the pitch. And we're going to be talking about every aspect of different things that are going on and why really we are in the situation that we are in right now. And it's a really sad one, but hopefully, you know, people can keep calm. We we talk about these things because we want everyone to understand what's going on. But at the end of the day, we're always going to be supporting our republic. We're always going to be there. And we're, we're going to get to that point because I know there are some fans that might say on social media that they are not going back to another game, that they're not planning on purchasing tickets ever again. And quite really, if anyone is on that boat, you really have to reconsider if you really are a fan of the game or if there is another reason why you are going to the game. But we'll get to that more shortly. Let me go ahead and introduce um, our co-host for tonight. So first, let's go to a special co-host guest that we have here with us today. Uh, he was also in the game yesterday, uh, along with myself. He was actually sitting a section uh, below my section, and hey he there. also witnessed I, everything that happened yesterday, which we'll go over today. But let's go ahead and introduce to, William to Lamb to the podcast. How's it going, William? So I'm going to to come by. Awesome. Yeah, we're glad to have you on here because, you know, I, I was at the stadium yesterday, but it's always great to also hear the perspective of someone else who was at the stadium. So it's not just me here talking about everything that I observed. And maybe there were other things that I missed because uh, a lot happened yesterday, as you know. Exactly. And next, uh, let's go over to Arizona to our good old Jared. How's it going, man? Well, first of all, I'm going to start off by uh, giving a first for the podcast. Uh, given last night's match, I do want to say in advance, even though this is a recording, I do want to advise viewer viewer discretion may be advised. We are going to do our best to keep the language family friendly, but given last night's proceedings, it is going to be very difficult. So I just want to put that up there uh, ahead of time. So if I slip up or if, any of, if uh, Luis or William happen to do so, be forewarned. That's that's all I can say. Exactly. Yeah. No. That's that's good that you mentioned that because it could happen, and we are just fans who are, are just seeing everything that's been going on, and we've talked about it previously in previous episodes, and it, it just has to be said, right? And luckily, we have this platform where our message could be distributed to a lot more people, and we could be the voice of the fans, right? We have people from the team who listen to our show as well. And there might be a lot of things because of all the circumstances, because of everything going on that people inside the team might not realize some aspects. And so hopefully we help them realize some of those things that are going on because like I said earlier, right, we are in a major crisis and these things really need to be addressed soon because I don't know what could happen if we don't get them addressed, I really don't know. And yeah, we're, you're always going to have us, the loyal fans who 
we're always going to be there no matter what, no matter what the performance is, no matter what the situation is with the team, no matter if MLS happens, we're always going to be there supporting. But I'm worried about most of the team not realizing that there are things going on that are causing us to lose fans that have been around for a while. And like I said earlier, some fans which just choose not to go anymore, which just choose to turn their back on the team. Those might not be real fans, right? Because you really support anything. I'm not even just talking about soccer. I'm talking about just sports in general. You're always going to back your team no matter what, no matter if you don't see him win and ever again, right? <laughs> in your lifetime, you never see him win. You're always going to be there because that's your team. You're not bandwagging with another team. That That is who you support. And so to those fans, do we need them? I say no, because I don't know what the reason was that they were there. I would only guess maybe MLS. But aside from that, I mean, the team really needs to be careful because there might be some fans who are still going to be fans, but they're just going to choose to watch on TV, then go to games, right? And that that's who they need to make sure that that doesn't happen because people like going to games. And if you don't address some of the things that we'll talk about today, they might stop going. Well, before we move forward, uh, I just want to give the usual reminder to everyone that if you are not following us on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, please give us a follow. You can find us on all three at State Republic 12 and on YouTube at State Republic Podcast. Check us out on there. We do our town hall live shows in which we discuss uh, usually the day before a home game or if it happens on a Sunday, we might be doing it on Friday. Uh, and we we give our uh, preview on any home games that are going on, which this point we have five more games out of the nine remaining ones that are going to be at home. So if you follow us, you'll find out when those are. And if you want to join them and be a part of them, also let us know and we can also send you the link or you can see the link on our socials so you can also be on on those shows giving your viewpoint and all that as long as uh, we keep it PG on those shows as well. I know it's hard, but <laughs> we, we got to keep it PG because it's going to be a struggle. We don't know at what point, you know, we might just officially mathematically say goodbye to the playoffs, but we just need to realize that and, and just just keep it friendly if, if you join those, please. So be on the lookout for that on our social medias there as well. Great. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get right into this game, which I got to say, unfortunately, most of what we're going to be talking about won't necessarily be on plays, won't necessarily be on much of that. It's more on different circumstances that happened in this game, both on the pitch and off the pitch. So let's get right to it. So our first point of the of the night is we are actually going to be talking here about our starting 11 and one of those players in the starting 11 that I don't know about you guys, but I think everyone was probably kind of questioning like, wait, why is he playing in the starting 11 when he just got here? And it is, why is it that coach decided to play where when we just had just literally found out about him coming to us right on loan from Minnesota and as I did more research on his background, right, how much playing time has he gotten recently, come to find out that with Minnesota, he only played two games. With a college team, he actually only played one game. 
And the, keep in mind, this all happened this year at the beginning of the year, right? So back in February, April, May, that's all. That's all this guy got. And he didn't even score a goal in the matches that he played, which granted, they were just three matches if you <laughs> combine both of them. And so it makes you wonder, what is it that coach saw in a guy that hasn't gotten much playing time in his other teams? And when he joined with us, he had maybe at most, what, two or three practice days possibly with the squad. Mm -hmm. How is it that a guy like that can make it into the starting 11 and in your subs, you leave players like Iwasa and Fermella, who we already know, who are already adjusted to his game system and who are well familiar with the rest of the squad. Why do you put them in a game that is so important to us, in a game that, as I said before, you win this game, we're in a pretty good spot, we would be in high spirits and you know, playing against other rivals that on paper would be less complicated than San Antonio. Why is it that you do that? Why is it that you decide to play this guy in such an important match? So curious to hear what you guys have to think. Uh, what, what do you guys think on this? I did recall that moment because of that Cam Cameron Iwa, so including 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 of Familia for for instance, they are usually to getting a substitution on the second half. But why are they aren't going to the um at the starting eleven first? Because I think these two top notch players have been playing very well since over the past previous games. And so even though they are trying to begin with some starting 11 with some of those few underdogs to be to be playing on four, I think they play seem to be kind of a bit hit hit and miss right now. So if you want to bring some pro pro top notch players first at at the beginning of the match, it can work out better instead instead of making a a substitution to be placing in from the last minute because it would not make sense after all. But the only thing, the only the better way option, it is it is the mixture of bringing some half of these underdog players, including including some of the half of those pro top notch players, to see how it how it all goes to balancing up of that game. Yeah, I really question this move uh, that, uh, that of who we picked up. I mean, usually whenever I'm reading these transactions, we're seeing a whole lot of information, a lot of more history that these players that we pick up have. Like they'll have played a couple seasons here, a couple seasons there, played so many games, have so many achievements. But when I read up on, on this guy, I mean – I'm not seeing a whole lot of information. In fact, I know for certain that Luis has got more information about this guy than I do. And I'm questioning why we, why we picked him. I mean, is it more of a Band-Aid for a situation that, that we're picking him up on loan? I mean, we seem to be doing a lot of loans and a lot less signings uh, as far as this goes. So this is definitely just indication of a deeper, uh, deeper crisis that we have as far as starting lineups. I mean, like uh, podcast bomb Sharon had mentioned before, I mean, we used to have chemistry between a lot of the players, a lot of team activities, team building. You're not seeing that. And this is just, I, I, I can't really say much about this. I mean, I, 
I really have no words for, for this kind of transaction. I mean, I'm trying to be as positive as possible, but I, I can't, I can't, I really can't find anything. And I think we, we all want to hear an explanation from coach, right? Why do you make these moves? Why do you decide to do this in such an important game, right? Like you have not only Watson Formella, right? You have other players that could probably serve <laughs> a similar role. And I don't know, but when you see a player like where that really brings nothing to the table, I just, I got to say that because when you look at how much playing time he's gotten, we could be better off you calling up a player from the academy who's a forward, right? Because they're probably going to have more playing time than this guy will have. And you'll be better off, right? With the player who's more active, who, who doesn't have to move to Sacramento. He's more familiar with that area. Like, why is it that you put this guy in such a tremendous pressure where now we're here saying, like, why is this guy playing, right? For all we know... Well, from what I saw from him in the match, you know, he had a couple of good moves here and there. You could tell that he wanted to do something, but you can't put him under that pressure, right? I mean, yeah, true. All the players want to play and whatnot. And, you know, they're not going to say no, right? You get you get transferred to this team and you're getting to start off a game. You're like, oh, great. This is solid. Awesome. And I know he comes from Minnesota and whatnot, but yeah, like let this player get adjusted. Right. When we got Cuello on loan, he was not in the starting 11. Right. He was subbed in. And so why do you put this guy who's a forward under such a tremendous pressure of like, hey, we need to win this game. Go go win this game for us. We know you haven't scored a goal this year. And career wise, I don't know, maybe the last time you scored a goal may have been with the youth organization because he has not scored with Minnesota or with that college that he just played one game for. <laughs> and so. I want to know what goes in the team's mind when they decide to actually get a player like him. Why don't you get any other player? I don't care where the player is from, right? It doesn't matter what league they're from. Go get a player from MPSL, right? Go to Academica and, and get a player from there, right? They have some good board, all-star players there. Get a player from there, right? He might not be coming from a glamorous MLS side, but... It's still a player that has a lot of playing time, right? It's still Ford who scores goals, right? Just get that player, right? Bring him over here. It won't be as, as different to him because he's probably from Trillock. Why don't you just do that? Why do you get a player, fly him in from Minnesota too, right? Keep in mind, this guy is not coming from like the earthquakes, from like LA. No, he's coming from Minnesota. You're bringing a player not just traveling time, but getting adjusted to new weather, getting adjusted to the team, all that. Why? I I just don't understand. And so you could almost say that when we started off the game, we started off already on, on the wrong foot, just from the get-go with that. And, and you know, aside from that, it, it's one of those things where you kind of wish you could question the coach as to, why, in addition to that, is it that you're also leaving Cameron and Formella on the bench? Why is that something that you're doing? Because if any player is on the bench, I'm assuming they're they're deemed like well to play. Otherwise, they would not be on the bench, right? So why do you do that when you have these guys in the bench? It could have been a whole different story if you would have said, guess what? All of our forwards are injured. 
right? Coach really has no other option. It's this guy or the academy guy. And so he chose this guy. All right, fine. You know, I'd, I'd be like, okay. I mean, I could still question it a little bit, but not as much as when you got your usual forwards in the bench. So I think that's on everyone's mind. I don't know how coach can defend himself with that <laughs> as to why, but it would be interesting to hear his arguments as to why he decided that. So as we all know from watching the game and people watching it on TV too, I mean, you, you guys also <laughs> noticed and you may have heard us be super loud when we heard a lot of bad calls, but what a terrible referee we saw yesterday, right? And I, I know that we we talk about USL referees being bad, you know, having bad actions against us. We can all recall at the beginning of the season, those red cards that <laughs> weren't red cards and penalty kicks that weren't penalty kicks. And even including some PKs in our favor as well, right? As I've mentioned before, right? That you're like, well, you know, it's good we got it because we've been treated pretty poorly on, on the PK side against us. But wow, we saw really terrible refereeing. And on top of that, the USL commissioner was in our house yesterday visiting us. And what a show he saw from the referee because a lot of situations that happened in the match were because of the referee, because of the poor lack of being able to actually officiate a match. Because when you have tackles left and right, when you're not pulling those yellow cards, when you should be pulling them out, when you're not pressuring the goalkeeper to actually not waste as much time as he did, um, finally giving him a yellow card after who knows how many times of time wasting. When you're wasting time as a referee by talking to players and excessively just doing all that, it's like, really, what do you expect, right? Like you, a referee should not be doing all those things. They should have complete control of the game. And when you stop doing that, I think you lose the match, right? Because the players are going to do whatever they want. So what do you guys think about this? I've seen quite a number of poorly or badly officiated matches in, in my time, uh, especially those involving OC early this year. But this this is absolutely the, the worst. I mean, there were penalties that were, I mean, that even casual fans could see, hey, that looks like it's a penalty, but the refs end up swallowing the whistle. The only time the refs really tried to make an attempt at controlling the match was the second half. I mean, within the last 10 minutes, then they decide, okay, I guess we better call some yellows and decide to call a couple against uh, Orange County and some against us. But the refs did not have any control of this match whatsoever. And I think the first half was probably a good indication of that as well. And the last five minutes and going into stoppage time, I mean, you could tell that things were going to come to a head fairly soon, especially with, uh, so many actions by uh, San Antonio players, especially uh, Mitch Tainter, how he's basically mean mugging his, his former team and, and some of the fans. And then, of course, uh, the straw that really broke it was uh, when Tainter ha- had the other ball and he was just turning his back to the player. And one of our players decided to, to try to get the ball. And, oh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get my Oscar o- award. I'm going to go ahead and flop and start a fight to waste even more time. I mean, the referee had far too many opportunities to call time wasting on San Antonio, barely giving a yellow card to the to the goalkeeper one time, even though he, he'd been wasting time a good 20, 30 minutes or so of the second half. Just anything to just 
park the park the fleet of buses so San Antonio can, can sneak out with a win. And the, the part that I didn't hear about until until earlier, the fact that the uh, USL commissioner uh, Edwards was was there on site for the match. I mean, if this isn't a wake up call to how bad the refereeing is for for even just a second tier league, I really can't figure out what is. I mean, because I don't really hear a whole lot of it from MLS, but then again, I pay more attention to USL, but this officiating has just gotten worse and worse as, as the years have gone by. It's just, it's inexcusable. What I did see on the Saturday night's match, I've seen this center referee performances throughout the entire game. The only problem how that referee is because the problem is because of the timing and of course, and of course, some of those players, some of the home, including away teams, didn't seem to caught it on very well because it doesn't seem to be much more more on timing process instead of being much more waiting until a couple minutes until a delayment came because, for instance, because of that one San Antonio FC player has been fell suddenly down injured in the middle in the middle on the yard field and then and then it keeps on playing going on and on and of course I did see some of the players say hey I see I see I see your player down right there and it keeps on playing going on until the referee ha- have been finally spotted after three minutes later and then blow off the whistle because it does seem to be look like a kind of been a terrible refereeing issues because of the timing and of course better response to to both home and away players as well and fortunately enough because when i see this uso commissioner saw what what i did see live earlier it was a complete a game changer because we do because i do realize because he he did came by to see how everything's going on and because of throughout the whole match I guess the only thing to how what the USO commissioner came by is to see how the game of the Sacramento Republic FC, including San Antonio FC players, can handle this match perfectly until the very end of the game. And that's why we, then that's how the commissioner gets a lot more research to see how each team, a condition of those players and some teamwork effort, that is the only biggest priority that I've been very concerned and being aware of. Yeah, and top it off, right, that the referee also spent way too much time talking to players, right? A lot of a lot of time wasting on the referee's part too, right? <laughs> Even not just the San Antonio side, which when you start seeing that, you're like, oh, come on, referee. These guys are already wasting time. You're wasting time by talking to them, wasting time by explaining to them that it's the second time you fouled, right? Don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Or the whole classical hand gesture of like, no more, right? That's it. No more. Next one, you get a yellow. And it's like, just give them the yellow already. Why do you keep saying that throughout the game that like, no more, just start giving those yellows. Going back to the topic on, on subs, right? Like, like I mentioned earlier, we had some subs that we wanted to see earlier that we wanted to see in the starting 11. And Another issue I think that happened with the subs is that 
I just don't quite understand this. And we've said it before in other shows as well uh, that we've seen the situation happen before. But why is it that the coach decides to do last minute subs? So this happened about like five minutes before the game uh, ended or before regular time ended, I should say. He decides to sub in Andrew and Mario Penagos. Why is it that you do this sub or these two subs? Why is it that you have them get subbed in five minutes before the game ends when you could have done these subs way earlier in the match and not wait till the very end, right? I don't know about you guys, but I think as a coach, if you are in the position where you're winning, Okay, great. I can see you waiting to the end to actually do the subs because, you know, you want to cool things down, you know, cool a minute uh, out of the game. Okay, I understand that, right? That you, a lot of teams use that as a tactic. But the moment that you are losing or the moment that you're tying, why are you leaving two players on the bench, right? Why is it that you leave guys like Mario Penagos who could change a lot in the game, like Andrew wheeler Amunu who can also, like, bring you a different... Um, style to the game why is it that you leave them on the bench when you know this game has been pretty physical right you have tackles left and right you have players from our own side that have actually been yellow carded because the referee decided to actually give us yellow but not to San Antonio at the beginning why is it that you don't do those subs before why is it that you go towards the end of the game you're losing and you still have subs right? He couldn't be holding him on in case we're winning, right? Because at that point, we'd already been losing. These guys should have come in right when the goal happened on the 74th minute. We should have seen them before, right? They should have been playing an extra 10 minutes because when you sub any player at the end of the game, especially when it's the final minutes, you're not going to see much. I mean, unless they get lucky and they get one play and they score the goal there, great but in all likelihood that's probably not going to happen and even as a player right you feel a bit offended when you only get subbed in for like <laughs> a handful minutes like it it's it's not great not great for the team chemistry not great for the team culture and not great for the fans who are already mad at the situation going on and who look at the subs and are like why or why or why did you actually save these subs for the end of the game? So what do you guys think about this situation with subs and, and when he did the subs yesterday? I think it's like it is a complete waste waste of time to add some last-minute substitutions. But instead of being about over 90 minutes plus some extra minute game, why not place it within around the 75th minute or around the 80th minute because it does make sense to make it much more better and give a much more perfectable time instead of being released from the last minute. And I think that that's why how this head coach of the Republic MC, Mark Briggs, I think he kind of did much more take an idea and then suddenly he hasn't got any much more timing, right? So they are trying to bring these to from the last minute and it suddenly went it on and that is why it is completely a little bit like a miss a misorganized planning to make sure if some of the players are going to be playing enough or didn't seem to have very exhausted enough and bringing in from the last minute 
it, it will not work at all at this point. Substitute the last several minutes or so. I mean, it's to me, it just screams comp out to, uh, to say, well, we gave you minutes. Like, yeah, like three or four. I mean, at the end of the match or towards the end of the match. I mean, you knew we were down uh, by one goal going into the second half. Why not make adjustments at halftime or maybe a few minutes into the second half? I mean, that's what the substitutions are there for. Otherwise, you're going to depend on uh, on at least 10 or so players that are on tired legs that there's got to be some rejuvenation put onto the pitch. I mean, it's, it's going to do you better to replace some tired legs at the 55th, 65th minute or so rather than the 86th or 88th minute because why even bother at that point? You're, you're just giving a, a last-minute substitution for maybe three or five minutes or whatever stoppage time is, is left. You're not doing anything to help the cause by making all these late substitutions. I mean, even if you made it like 75th minute, that's still a little iffy, but at least it's it's still better than nothing. It's still saying that you want, want to get some kind of effort going in there because they're, they're going to be parking the bus on, on the other side of it. But these 85th, 88th minute substitutions, it serves no purpose unless there's a, a true injury. If it's to replace tired legs, you're not doing a proper service to, to your team and, you know, and to, to your players by, by doing that. Yeah, and I would also add another observation, one last thing here on, on this topic of the subs, is that why is it that they were not, you know, doing the sideline trainings as, you know, you usually see teams do, right? You see your subs already uh, getting ready in case, you know, one of them gets subbed in soon. I didn't see that early on. I did not see that yet. We look at San Antonio's bench. They were actually doing that quite often. They were doing that throughout the game. But on our side, I didn't see that. And at halftime, San Antonio players were doing warm-ups on the pitch. None of ours were out there, right? And granted, I know that the team had the promotional things going on on the pitch and, and whatnot, but that doesn't mean that our players could not have been on the sidelines there you know, running up and down, get, getting ready for that. Like, that should have been going on, right? How is it that the away side has that going on, but you guys do not have that? And when you notice those little things, it's like, why are you not doing that? Because when I saw that not going on, I was like, there is no way we we're going to see a sub at halftime, right? And, <laughs> and even when mm-hmm. the substitutions finally happen, we had seen, I think, the substitutions actually starting to like warm up probably for like five minutes, right? And then I finally saw Cameron uh, go uh, next to the coach and you know speak to them and actually get you know instructions for the game and all that. But that that just should not be happening. Little simple things, things that we've seen in the past where we do see the players warm up in the bench and all that. We should be seeing that. I, I just don't understand why you don't see that and why yesterday we didn't see that as much when you got a team that is really tough in front of you. And not just that, but I think that's just basics, right? That you should have your bench warming up for any circumstance because you don't know when we're going to get that injury that is going to require an immediate substitution, right? So... I don't know what happened there. Well, in full disclosure, San Antonio's bench was doing a lot more than stretching and warming up. I mean, they were uh, 
there's been at least at least one time that they tossed the ga- uh, game ball into the field of play in order to slow uh, in order to uh, eat up more clocks. So, yeah, San Antonio's bench was definitely active in more ways than one, and definitely in more ways than uh, legal and proper. Good point. I'm I'm really glad that you actually brought that up because I did observe that at one point one, and I'm pretty sure I think we're thinking of the same one that one of the San Antonio players, and I believe this was like towards the end, right? Because they were trying to kill mm-hmm. more time. Yeah, they did actually throw the ball in, and uh, Rafa Diaz was like close by, and then they kept the same guy, literally the same guy who does that, right? Who gets the ball that just gone out and actually throws it back in. Is the same guy that was actually shouting at the referee, like, hey, there's a ball right there. Hey, you're supposed to like stop the game. And luckily, I gotta say, the referee actually didn't stop the game in that play, if I remember correctly. The ball was just there. I think Rafa ended up just running and uh, just kicking the ball back out. But luckily, the referee didn't stop it because we were so mad, right? Everyone in my section and all that was really mad. And I, I was shouting, right? I was like, hey, I saw that guy. That guy threw the ball in like that, that. That ball was not there before that guy touched it. That guy did that purposely and that guy should have been carded. And again, goes to show you again, not to go back on the referee and all that. But those little details, right? You see a player do that. Player gets a yellow card. Doesn't matter if he's on the bench. They could still be carded. So that is something that the referee was not doing. And because the referee was the way he was, that's why this guy did that. Right. That's why we saw those situations happen. And uh, yeah, they, they were. And I'm sure William, right. You were right there in front. Right. Like, I know your section was probably also really mad when you literally saw the player from the bench throw the ball back inside. Exactly right. Yes, I, I've seen this every time. So and speaking of wasting time, actually, while we are on that topic, how about Cardone, their goalkeeper from San Antonio, wasting so much time? And I'm not kidding when I say that this guy was wasting time even before the game started. (laughs) It seemed like at least because in the first half, anytime he had the ball, he was already slowly kicking the ball out, which granted at that time, no one was really saying much because, you know, it's still 0-0 early in the game. But I was already observing him since the beginning that he was wasting time. It almost seemed like they were just trying to cool the game down. They knew that you know it was an away trip. They had gone over there. They were keeping it calm, right? Everything was was there. And so it wasn't until second half, right? We get scored on that the time wasting kept increasing. And at one point, even TVB started chanting, right? The seconds that he was wasting. And at one point, I also started also screaming out the the time that he was wasting. And I got to about 15 seconds (laughs) and that was only one time that actually counted. I can't imagine the other times because it seemed like it was getting worse and worse. Finally, the referee pulls the yellow card, which was great. Um, But up until that point, I don't even know how much minutes you could even say this guy wasted when you collectively count all the times that this was going on. And I got to say that I really wish TVB would have been on it much more because they were already starting, right? They were already starting to chant the seconds that he was wasting. And I feel like they should have probably done it more every single time because 
when it's just one person, when it's just myself out there actually counting it down and maybe a couple others that I just couldn't quite hear in other sections on the other sides, it's not going to be as pressuring as if we get almost the whole stadium or, or more, more people around the whole stadium actually counting down because even though you might say, all right, everything's going to be the same way. I mean, you're still exposing the referee and what terrible work he was doing that the goalkeeper was wasting time, right? Because you're hearing it and people on the broadcast are hearing it. And so, you know, eventually everyone is going to like catch track on like, wait, yeah, this guy is actually wasting 15 seconds. Like we hear everyone chanting and, you know, the goalkeeper might still do his thing because they're not going to care, but at least you're exposing all the time that this guy is wasting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something you have in the game to, to a minor effect, but with as bad as uh, Cardone was wasting time throughout the second half, especially after the second goal, it's San Antonio just has been doing too much, whether it be the goalkeeper, the substitutes throwing the ball onto the pitch in, in the middle of play, uh, feigning injuries, especially like PC, who miraculously came back after a, a quick system reboot all of a sudden. It's it's getting ridiculous. I mean, especially with especially with the commissioner right there. I mean, it's a classic example that there needs to be more time wasting uh, called outs. I mean, the referees ba- barely had barely decided. Oh, I guess we better start doing our job here. I mean, we're here, 90 plus minutes, we might as well at least uh, get a few minutes in of actual work and then decide to finally give a yellow card to, to Cardone uh, for, for time wasting. And yet he continues to do it after after that card you know, with what minutes remain in the match. And I mean, San Antonio, I mean, even if it's just after tonight, they're really starting to get a bad name for themselves, especially with, with all this uh, skirting around. Uh, official rules and uh, time wasting anything they can do to make sure that the other team doesn't even have half a chance of getting the ball. Time wasting. It is always the worst part throughout the entire game. Well, uh, before we move forward to other things, uh, I do want to talk about the goal they scored against us, unfortunately, but I want to break it down so that way we can actually uh, see what, what went wrong in the play, right? When we look at the, 74th minute and what happened play originates from a corner kick that they get which if i remember correctly in that play i think it was a little questionable corner kick uh, may have my plays wrong but i think that was the play where i was like i don't know i don't know if it was really a corner or not um but it was one of those plays where initially i thought right oh there's nothing to it right because when you get a corner kick and it's so far off kick that you know, no one in the actual like crossing area actually gets it. You think, all right, great. I think we got control over this. Uh, at least no one was able to header it there. But unfortunately, that does not happen. And if we look at, at the play, he allows the San Antonio player to do the cross, to do another cross there, which, you know, when you let a player be in that circumstance, that's a dangerous place to be at right because everyone's more focused on the corner kick and everyone's still basically in their positions that they were originally and so you are in a tough situation where you got four players in your area two of which are basically unmarked one at least isn't unmarked uh, and 
when you have that circumstance and you have that happen, it's not good. Because if you look at the mm-hmm. replay and you look at the players that were available to header, the guy who scores the goal, of course, is there. Uh, the guy behind him is actually Mitch, who was also in a good position. So if that guy doesn't actually header it, I think Mitch gets an open goal there. Would have been Mitch goal that we would have been talking about. And if it's not Mitch, there's a guy behind Mitch as well who also had a clear open chance at goal that I think would have also happened. So, you know, you can't be in those circumstances, right? I think this was going to be a goal regardless of who would have scored it. (laughs) It was going to happen there. And unfortunately, they let that happen. And they let that happen in the 74th minute. Keep in mind, San Antonio did not really have that many opportunities at goal in the second half. But as I always say, right, I mean, this sport is like that. And these things just happen. And before you know it, you're down. Even if you had more chances, even if the other team, that's the only chance that they had in the game. They took advantage of it, right? And... The goal of soccer is to score more goals than your rival. It's not to have more opportunities. And, you know, if you don't score the ones that you have, then you're going to see chances scored on you. How much we can blame Cameron? I mean, he's not really a defender. And I got to say, number 20 on San Antonio's side was giving us a lot of trouble throughout the game on those wings. And so... Yeah, I mean, Cameron was right there. Cameron did what he could, but when you're not a defender, when you're a forward, it's it's tough, right? Your your fellow forward is going to do whatever he wants to do because that's what they know how to do. And so uh, that that happened. So what what did you guys think of, of this goal? It's mostly concentration. It is the only the top priority. I've seen some of those, both of those teams on both Republic FC and San Antonio FC, they got a lot more defenses and a lot more tackling issues around the corner. And even though they've been got a lot more defenses and they got a wasting their own time or possibly they didn't see to caught it on for some better communication issues, that might be the, the only the reason why how how this game has became a, a, a goalless game until until the San Antonio FC finally received a goal from the um, from the uh, from the actual time, and that is how when I see according to the uh, commentary, it did it did receive a goal within the seventy four minute because because of San San Antonio player four did finally manage a goal in a very close range. And that is why I did seem to re- to recall the moment maybe they didn't have much more communication effort or they get seemed to playing around or possibly fooling around because of the the unusual injuries or anything else or didn't seem to have a, a lack of remorse. That might be the cause uh, cause the problem that both Sacramento Republic FC and San Antonio FC did seem to be faced face up at, at this time. Yeah, that goal, it's, um, it was eventual you know, to, to happen. I mean, they just happened to uh, clear it in as they can. They found a spot uh, to exploit, and they got it in there. I mean, there really wasn't a, a whole lot of much that uh, could be done on, on that, but uh, 
yeah, it's, it's just still painful that they're able to just knock it in from from nearly any corner and it doesn't give uh, Rafa much time to react. And there we are at one zero. So it's sometimes these are really close in uh, shots. You know, you may have a remote chance of maybe getting a fingertip on it, but really, this this is just nothing we can really do about. And, and unfortunately, we had no way to answer back. Uh, Goal-wise, this was one and done. I mean, we had more shots on goal than, than they did, but the important part was they had one shot on goal that actually went in, and we didn't. So we had no answer for that. And I'm really surprised that in the play, the two players are Mitch and the goal scorer. They ended up out jumping Nabi and Luis as well. Right. And and Nabi and Luis are pretty tall guys, right? Like we've seen them do some pretty good headers and, and all that. And uh I'm surprised that that happened there because you know everyone's observing the play and you know that they already know what's gonna go on, right? You should already be trying to jump for it. And uh yeah, that, that doesn't really happen. And I, I don't know what happened, right? And maybe they just didn't communicate to each other or, you know, they just weren't really following it too closely. But I, I felt like that that was a play where they should have actually been able to actually block the cross, right? Because you can't have two players jumping <laughs> when you guys are right there, right? Because the other guys, they jumped before they did. And when that happens, I mean, you're you're screwed, right? If the other teams actually... Uh, have that situation happen in their favor and so it, it may have been that it may have been just the they, they just weren't as concentrated in that play and it's unfortunate because Nabi was actually having a pretty good game he was actually clearing out uh, some balls and actually running pretty quick as we know how fast he is and, and whatnot and even Luis Olipe was actually also doing pretty good they, they were not doing as bad and these things happen, and unfortunately, they, they go to basically ruin your, your gameplay, right? One mistake does that, and uh, really unfortunate that that happened there. We, of course, have to mention this because it was something big that happened in the game. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I would be saying right now that what we're about to talk about is a game that we scored at the end of the game, right? That you know, it was the tying goal and we were all just super happy, super excited that we actually got the tie. But unfortunately, what we witnessed and William knows it well as well, because he was also there along with myself, that we witnessed the biggest fight in Republic history. I have never seen anything quite like it, right? Where all the opposition, everyone in Republic side, all in a big brawl that in my opinion could have actually not happened had the referee actually called uh, the throw-in correctly I, I saw it clearly that it should have been a throw-in for us rather than for them and if you would have had that I don't see that happening I don't see it you know I'm not saying no brawl would have happened no fight would have happened but if you actually call it right the play would have been much different of course all that could have been all avoided but unfortunately, it didn't broke down into this big fight, this big brawl, which for all of you watching on TV, I think it must have lasted a good minute or two. 
if I'm not mistaken, and you could even could have, have even been more, but it, it lasted for a while, right? And and it it was really really chaotic. A lot of things were going on at that time. Ultimately, it resulted in a couple of red cards that we saw that went to ourselves and also one to San Antonio. So we saw Malik Foster and uh, Courtney Ford, who was actually also the goal scorer, actually get a red card for both of them, which I can't argue, I can't deny those because they were the ones that actually had started, right? The fight started between both of them there. So that's what you expect when the fight gets started is for both of them to get it. Um, I still don't quite understand why Carlton Belmore also got shown a red card. But at the same time, I am a bit confused if it's going to be rescinded because while the game was going on, uh, Malik and Courtney actually left the pitch, but Carlton was still there. So I, I I don't know. There was a issue there too, but we've checked some sources, right? And he still shows up to have a red card, but we'll have to wait and see if if the team actually confirms otherwise. Uh, if that wasn't the case, because I I don't even know why he got a red card. Uh, I was really shocked when I saw the referee also show him the card. He seemed pretty shocked as well. So we'll have to see what ends up happening with that situation, but crazy crazy fight and William you were there and I'm curious to hear your take and also yours Jared as you were watching on TV all this unfold yeah even though when I was sitting at, at this at the section 107 I did witness everything else what I did saw within across the around the between the 93 minute and over to around the 95th minute in between of that Things have gone escalated for both Re- Republic FC and San Antonio FC players because they then gone clashing out in between of, of themselves, fighting against each other, and because of that, what just said what the what 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 you said earlier because the San Antonio opponent name, I think his name is PC as what you what you call. That might be the, the the only tremor that may be the cause that we that, that always begin up that blame game because that is how the blaming is getting way too much around the corner. And all I see there are a lot of play, players on both sides gone much more furious to each other because I've seen a lot more sports brawls throughout the past, but but. Uh, but just not for soccer, but for any sports venue, like like basketball, baseball, MMA fights, and so forth, including American football as well. So the only thing is why how this Saturday's match is became one of the most surprising but unexpected result to see the 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 ability of a lack of sportsmanship. It is the most surprisable and much more a, a disastrous moments in the Sacramento Republic FC history to witness a, a large brawl just like this. It is surreal, but very saddening to see at this time. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some fights over the years. Um whether it be soccer, other sports, like uh, Australian rules football, especially Australian rules football. But uh, for something like this to spill over in, in a second division of soccer, 
team, best soccer game. I mean, it's it's uncalled for. I mean, yes, the the gameplay was definitely aggressive, especially more so after the the goal was scored. But uh, it seems San Antonio was just looking for any reason to, to throw Republic FC even further off their game, whether it be time wasting or aggressive uh, play, or in this case, starting up another another fight. I was watching uh, on ESPN Plus, and I was just seeing both groups just getting in each other's faces uh, to the point where it was almost about ready to see an, another uh, version of the, the beer bottle brigade from up in Reno or uh, mm-hmm. when a couple of fans had tossed beers on, onto the pitch um, at a Phoenix Rising game a couple of years ago out, out in uh, Scottsdale. I mean, I, I was re- really afraid of what was going to happen further on if, if it got any worse. I mean, some of us that watch basketball remember uh, the Malice in the Palace, that uh, huge fight that broke out in the middle of the, uh, the Palace at the Auburn Hills between the uh, Detroit pa- uh, Detroit uh, Pistons and Indiana Pacers that even involved van- fans getting into the fight. I mean, there, one good thing about this match not having a, a full crowd is, you know, that's less chances of, of some uh, someone in the crowd saying, Hey, I know I'm going to throw something at the teams and it just, just, just basically like a, a dynamite keg on, on a situation, especially with the commissioner there and the crowd. I mean, I have seen this year also, especially against Phoenix, where there have been some brouhaha's where some of the players, you know, they, they get real up close to everything like that, but nothing this bad. I mean, this is probably about the worst I've seen uh, Republic FC and another team as far as a fight goes. I mean, it was very dicey to say the least. Some of the camera angles uh, that we had uh, made it appear as though that what started it was Mitchell Tanner had, uh, had the ball, you know, deep in the, in the uh, defensive end or, or so, and was just turning his back against uh, the rest of the match. And then we had a uh, public FC player go for the ball. And Mitch, of course, decided to take advantage of that and just uh, flop and, and yeah. that seemed to be what uh, really started a lot, a lot of the other uh, fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think even though we don't have VAR, I really hope that the USL looks at this fight, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, do discipline on any of the players, right? And if it was some of our players, I'm, I'm not saying protect our players, just hey, issue punishments to whoever was really involved in the brawl, right? Uh, I'm not saying yes. like the players that were trying to separate all that, all that's fine, but the ones that were actually trying to get really violent, uh, especially the ones that initiated it too. But of course, you also have to look at just everything that happened on there, even non-players too, right? Coaches, staffs, if there's anyone else that they find that had something to do with it or was trying to increase, right, the violence, then they need to make sure that they get disciplined correctly. And, and I hope that the USL looks at that because if you do that, you're going to set a precedent. And while there might not be VAR, at least you're going to tell the rest of the league, hey, you do something like this, you pull something like this, we are going to look at it afterwards. It's going to happen. And, and we are going to make sure that this gets taken care of accordingly because you know we, these things shouldn't be happening just because there is no VAR. And I think a lot of players kind of do whatever they want to do because they know there is no VAR, right? They know that they could do anything 
And if they are lucky and the referee didn't see it and the linesman didn't see it and the fourth official didn't see it, they're good. They're solid, right? They they could see it afterwards, but they're not going to get punished. So they need to take care of those things and making sure that those things get punished. Because if they don't, we're going to keep seeing these things. We're going to keep seeing players do whatever they want. And it just ruins the fan experience of watching a game when you have these things going on. And now that, you know, Jared kind of mentioned Mitch there, we have to mention this as well, right? At the end of the game, and Jared, I'm not sure how much they showed or what, what not. it may have been just like a fan-only thing that we were able to, to see there, I should say. Yeah. It may have been only like a, a in-person fan kind of thing that we were able to actually see it there. But Mitch goes to like almost midfield and, uh, you know, a bunch of other players and, and staff are like just around him. He's like staring at everyone, kind of like laughing, right? Like making a mockery out of everyone in the stadium and just does that and whatnot. And it almost seemed like, you know, he was mocking even other players and and whatnot. And even as he was exiting the stadium, he just kept looking at people where they're smiling and like laughing at them. I saw some fans over there on that side, right? Basically where the brawl broke down, same place. They were pointing at him. I, I think I saw a fan even like, you know, sticking the middle finger out at him too. I wouldn't be surprised. I think I saw someone there too, but I just saw a lot of people over there. I know they weren't San Antonio fans, right? They were saying a lot of things to him and he kept staring at them, like smiling as of like, he's trying to make fun of them and laughing at them, right? For the loss and, and all that. And just seeing how much he disrespected everyone in the stadium. And because we know that he is on loan, out to San Antonio. I really hope that the team realizes that this is not a player that you need to be bringing back. We we don't need a player like this. He was not a professional at all. And I have no idea what happened between him and coach or him and the team or what. I don't know what happened there. I, I can't really comment on that. But regardless of what happened, whether maybe he was not to blame or what, you do not do that as a professional. You don't go back to your home field to basically your owner, right? Because they're we're the ones who own this player, right? He's on loan out. That's all he's out on, right? That's his status right now. You do not do that to all the fans, to everything like that, who were there supporting you at the beginning of the season when you were still with us. And even before, right? When the, this first time when he was with us, you don't do that to the fans. You don't do that. I don't care how poorly you were treated or whatever you might say afterwards, but you can't do that to the fans. You can't laugh at them in their face because guess what? We're not the ones that are to blame, right? You don't do that to us. And like I said, I really hope that the team does not bring him back because I don't think people are going to be happy if they ever see him back in a Republic jersey. So what, what did you guys think about, about this guy? All I have to say is once the season ends, whether it be if we make the playoffs or if we don't, I am looking forward to that press release statement about, about his contract. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna be up waiting for that. Like some people have been sitting up waiting for Drake's new album to drop or any new movie. I mean, it's, it's going to be a celebration. I'll, I'll practically frame the press release statement advising of the release of bitch tainer this time around i mean we we've had players that 
perhaps might not have left the club under such uh, good intentions or situations, anything like that. But the majority of them have, have been prof- professional about it. You know, they may have been treated uh, not not the greatest, but at, at least on social media or in person, you know, they're a little gracious about it. You know, they'll say, well, you know, it's, it's part of business, which, yes, I, we totally get. But for Bench to, to you know, just mean mug his, his uh, former teammates to go into the middle of the field and disrespect the fans that supported him for, for years on, on end. He's been with the club. I mean, that's, that that's no way to, to keep uh, bridges open because what happens if say, for example, he gets injured next season and the only team that could really look to have him is maybe the Republic of C, but then they decide, well, you know what? There was that incident where he played against us, disrespected the fans, the club, everything like that. Deuces. See ya. Go try a USL league one. I mean, because this holds true for for any job. I mean, not even dealing with sports. You don't burn the uh, the bridges you just came across from or that that have carried you across uh, such troubled waters. Um, Unfortunately, Mitch Tanner has completely forget that. And now, I mean, if his contract ends with San Antonio, if he signs on with them, you know, it's really going to affect his uh, sellability. You know, to, to other teams in the league, if if he needs to find another club to, to sign on with, because the teams are not are not going to tolerate that. I mean, who's to say they they sign him and then maybe if he ends up getting injured and gets cut and everything like that, he's gonna he's gonna uh, run them up like he did at this match. I mean, there's there's no room for it, and and, and I know this is kind of a bad thing to say, but. I hope he feels the repercussions of, of his actions last night. Yeah, even though it is a very surprising to see how Mitchell Tainer has been gone back and forth since at first when he was a Sacramento Republic FC player and then he did transfer to San Antonio FC. But then when he get, get, gets on a small loan to get back with the Sacramento Republic FC at the beginning of the season and then came in back to San Antonio from the last minute. And I noticed that I've been witness on his behavior at, at some times because he felt a little bit much more a dubious person or probably a, a, a self unselfishness to be how, 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 he, how he treated differently. Maybe because he is felt a little bit much more comfortable to be played with San San Antonio FC instead of Sacramento Republic FC, and even though before when when Richard Tainer was probably is going to leave for this apartment complex between 19 and 19 and J Street, because when I when when I was driving around 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 that corner since several weeks ago. I've seen a moving truck that it might be a Mitchetainer and his girlfriend might be a planning to possible planning because they are likely to move down to somewhere else. And that is what I figure out. And I realized that he is definitely moving back to San, San Antonio witness right? Because I've seen on his, social media accounts, but mostly Instagram, which he is using the most. That is why I've seen a lot more discovering activities around the corner. 
and when it and of course for, and of course after the game ends back to it with all of those angriness and giving a much more giving some middle fingers and lots of aggressive talk that is a complete unsportsmanship at times it definitely much more look 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 like a comparison between him along with Trevor Bow because he is a former Los, Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers baseball pitcher because he is currently involved in this sexual mis, mis, misconduct issues. But, 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 but Mitchell Taylor did seem to have done it differently. Maybe he has a lot more aggressive action or even trying to give lots of bad manners. And, and of course, his attitude, that can be a problem. Um, because if this if this if this trend is going on continuously during including post game, he might be should be realized to be fired at, at times because that that behavior over there that is completely un unsportsmanship. And that is why I've been normally following Mitchell Tanner for some point, but now Things are going to what happened to all the recent events, what I did see on Saturday night. Well, Mitch, your your time is up and your history. Yeah, it's a shame that we're having to talk about a former Republic player who, you know, we, we had no idea, right, that he would be acting this way against us. And I could think of all the former players that have played against us and I've never seen this behavior before. I mean, it's quite surprising to see a former Republic player come through and treat the fans like this, right? It doesn't matter how they got let go. It doesn't matter anything of all that, but you should not be treating the fans like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the pitch, you should not be letting that be reflected. And worst of all is when you win, you are just being a sore winner and it, it, there's not just, you know, the thing of sore losers, but there's also the thing about sore winning, right? And I think that's exactly yeah. the behavior that he displayed. He he was really anxious to see his side win, uh, not just to get the three points, but because he wanted to do this. He wanted to do this so badly. And, you know, ultimately it ended up actually working out for him and he was able to do that. But... Karma does exist. And like you were saying, Jared, if anything happens, right, whatnot, he's going to be wishing that he didn't do what he did there because uh, I really hope that the team noticed all that because it, it would not make sense for the team to recall him from loan, have him playing again on our side or even on the bench or just whatever like that because fans are not going to forget this. We are not going to forget that. People watching on TV, I know you're not going to forget that either. Everyone, and not just that, right? But this story is just going to keep going around to even people who maybe did not even watch the game. And that, oh, by the way, you remember Mitch? Yeah, he laughed at everyone. We we saw it on TV. We saw it live. That's what happened. And so that's that's what we're always going to (laughs) remember. It's the craziest thing, right? None of us would have ever imagined that. This guy scoring a last minute goal, and before you know it, this happens. And I remember 
at the beginning of the season, right? When we found out, oh yeah, he's coming back. A lot of us were, you know, we, we didn't know what he would be doing later on, but you know, a lot of us were like, oh great, right? You're bringing back an experienced defender, a, a guy who didn't do too bad while he was with us the first round. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I gotta say, I mean, I, I was speechless at what I saw yesterday because we may have imagined that like, oh yeah, he might do that, but it's not one of those things that you actually think is going to happen. Right. Because you're like, I think at the end of the day, he might be a professional because he he's played in MLS as well. Right. As we recall. And yeah. so I was shocked. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us could have even predicted, uh, first of all, him uh, being loaned out, I mean, that, that far out. I mean, given the fact that he scored that goal in San Diego in July, none of us really w- would have uh, imagined that in September he'd be loaned out. And then to have this happen, uh, I mean, at all, I mean, nope, nobody could have predicted that. I mean, whether a Republic FC fan or just a USL fan or soccer fan or anything like that, I mean, this is something that's, had to have been premeditated. I mean, he once he mm-hmm. found out he was going back to San Antonio, he, he was immediately thinking, okay, well, th- this happened again. They're just sending me back to San Antonio uh, again. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull some stuff, you know? I mean, not, not, the only person that would have known about that ahead of time would have been Mitch himself. And, and to have such a dramatic uh, change in personality from when he was playing with the Republic FC over to now where he's playing with San Antonio FC – I mean, it's, it's it's practically overnight. I mean, that that, that level of change. I mean, there's there's got to be something deep there going on uh, with, with Mitchell. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be negative as far as I can, but just I mean, you, you see the signs there. I mean, just a, an immediately change in behavior and immediate change of of aggression, you know, towards the team that have supported him, that the fans have supported them, gotten pictures with them you know, uh, followed his himself and his family, but for him to, to, to pull something like this, there's there's definitely got to be some deep-rooted issues with, with Mitch as far as whatever is going on. I mean, who knows what they are? We may not even be made aware of what they are, but, uh, you know, if he's fighting something, you know, I wish him the best of luck, but if it's just because of a change to another team, just, uh, just to be... Uh, for lack of a better term, just to be that guy, you know, there's really not going to be much, much help in them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I would be really interested in, in this. And we mentioned it when we found out shockingly, right. That he would be loaned out. If the team could give more details, right. Again, let us know what, what happened. I mean, I mean, I understand if you don't want to give details, like precise details, but let us know, right? There was a disagreement between him and coach, between him and other players, and they don't have to go into detail on with who or, or what exactly prompted that, but just let us know, right? What What is it that happened? Because maybe if we at least get that, like just little bit piece of news, that might help us connect the dots, right? And be like, oh, well, this happened, right? Oh, he was really mad at coach. Like he... This happened. They got into this big fight because he wasn't giving more minutes. Something, something happened. And I think we've said it before with the team in general, right? A lot of things are being hidden. We don't know what's going on. And not just that, right? But that is actually also prompting people to go on social media, to leave comments, right? On different things. And 
you know, especially yesterday, I was cycling through social earlier, reading some of the comments that people were leaving in the team pages and all that. And a lot of people frustrated, right? And I think as we, you know, kind of talked more about the crisis that we mentioned earlier being a major crisis, a lot of people seem to be really disturbed of the team, really disturbed at what's going on with the situation with the team, with not being able to make it to the playoffs and all these different things going on that we're starting to see some people like basically regretting being season ticket holders or not wanting to be there anymore. And some people that hadn't been to a game in a while, this was like their basically the return to Hartwell Park not getting a good experience, right? Seeing how things were. A lot of regretful experiences that they witnessed in this match. And that's really concerning, right? And you, one would hope that the team would try to do something to alleviate that because if you don't do that, it might really hurt us in the future, like I mentioned earlier. And if y'all want to go in and see those, go see those comments there, different things that people were saying. But when people talk directly about the team like that, understandable, right? That's the game. I know people were also talking about other situations like food court stuff, like the clear bag requirement, all that. I mean, I, I think all that is is kind of not really related, right, to the game itself and, and to what we want to see on the pitch. And those are other things that the team should definitely address, right, and address one accordingly because, from what I see when I look at comments, I don't see a lot of that being addressed, right? And it really is worrisome to not see a lot of things really properly handled, addressed, right? Anything that the, the fan has an issue with because it takes me back to when I had some situations happen at the stadium a couple of times. Uh, this was years ago. And how prompt the team was at responding, at taking care of anything, at wanting to hear details, all that was there. And when you see those things happen, great, right? You just, you want to tell them more, right? You want to tell them like, yeah, this happened, that happened, because you know that they're going to be calling you to hear all that happened, to hear all your story. But I don't know if we're seeing that happen here or comments being addressed or people doing that. They need to do that. They need to do more of that because people are taking note of all that. And that's not good. That's not good when we're trying to get new fans and we're trying to bring people out to the stadium because this is what they're witnessing, right? And if they're uh, whatever they're going through is not being handled, it just worries me what will happen. Um, to more fans, right, and and how our attendance is going to look like in a future season. And we talked about mm-hmm. this, Jared, right before, and it, it's just it's just something that I, I I get worried about when I see things not being addressed by the team and uh, or or other circumstances like we just mentioned with Mitch, with injuries, with players being loaned out, players coming to us from loan. Things like that. I don't know what's going on. And, uh, oh, it looks like we got Sharon actually joining us too. Uh, sorry, guys. I just have to add her here because I didn't okay. even realize she was on here. Um, or she probably, she's probably like, wait, oh, they're still recording. Great. Um, oh, hello, but, Sharon. Hey, hey, Sharon. Hey, Sharon. Hey, guys. Like, who's all in the meeting? 
<laughs> so we, we, we got we got Jared. We uh, also invited William, who also sits in your section. Uh, they believe you know him. I know William. Oh my gosh, we follow each other sometimes on social too. So yeah, well, 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 welcome, welcome, Sharon. Uh, it's always awesome have you on here. And uh, well, we were actually getting more towards the end of like our list of complaints that we actually have. <laughs> if you want to call it that way, but. Right now, we're actually more so looking at some of the comments that people have left on social media, especially after yesterday's game, and how worrisome it is that, you know, the team is getting complaints left and right. Uh, the product on the pitch isn't something that, you know, people are too pleased with. And, you know, we got a lot of people that are really complaining so much about, you know, coming back to the game after a while and, others that are basically looking like they regret even just being season ticket members and even deciding that, Hey, this might be the last season that I actually do get the season tickets. Right. And so it's just something that should worry a lot of people because we are really in something that we've never experienced before. And as we call this episode, major crisis. It's so funny because I was even thinking in the same way, I was thinking the same thing. It's it's interesting you would even bring that up because I was going, is it even worth it anymore? I mean, okay, so then I had to think about, you know, the diehard fans of other sports teams, you know, football, whatever. You know, you remember when the Raiders were just like pathetic and it was horrible, but people stuck with them, you know, and they knew mm-hmm. that there was mismanagement. They, were, they knew that there was player personnel issues and, you know, they went through several coaches and, you know, then they finally come back to, you know, one guy that they'd already Gruden, you know, it's like they Gruden too. So it, it's, you just wonder with pro sports and with this whole thing, how cyclical and how much they depend, how much do they depend on hard and fast, you know, fans that are hopeful that the situation can be turned around, you know, because they're definitely, they're slumping in every in every department, I think, you know, they're getting rid of a lot of people that had institutional knowledge. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're not seeing, we're not seeing the swagger like we're used to with the players, except when they win, then we see a momentary bit of swagger and, and you just wonder, okay, are they not playing for the crest? You know, what's the infusion? What's that top down, you know, say, you know, that esprit de corps, that comes from the top and the bottom. It's like, okay, is it still alive? Is it something the fans can do? Is it Tower Bridge Battalion? Is are they not active enough in working alongside and then sharing with us, you know, what their perspectives are? It's just like all these little mini minuscule details that I think we're all noticing, and we're shaken. You know, we're shaken up a little bit, right? Th- those uh, may seem like small matters, but ultimately, like ants, they they tend to gain uh, higher in numbers until it gets to a point where it could easily take, take over the big, uh, the bigger beast. Yeah. So, so, okay. I'm glad you guys aired. I, I don't know what exactly everything was prior to this. I'm sure you guys bashed on Mitch because whatever I heard, if it was true, what he did in ridiculing the fans, that's just so uncalled for, you know, and yes, he's an anti-vaxxer and maybe the team said you have to be vaccinated to play for us. And he's like, I'm not getting the jab. And they said, okay, you're going to Texas, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the whole situation was that caused him to be so foul to, um, you know, to the organization or I don't know. I, I don't know. But at any rate, 
I'm hoping everything can turn around. You know, we always, we always get the grievances off our chest and then we turn around and kind of hope for a better day tomorrow. Right. Isn't that how this works? Basically. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Yeah. That, that's the story of, of our lives with the team this season, especially, right. I, I, there has not been another season like this one, like we mentioned before. And, you know, I, I think it's good that we have this platform here. So we're able to voice what the fans are feeling like, right? Because we know everyone listening right now is feeling likely the same way about all these different things that are going on. And, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning, we just want to make sure that you're still out there. You're still supporting the team because, at the end of the day, if you're a real fan, if you're one that is going to stick through, you're going to stick through no matter what, no matter if we get the wins, no matter if, like you are saying, Sharon, right, things just seem so out of place and not just the team itself on the pitch, but out of the pitch and people, you know, switching jobs, leaving the team and us not even really knowing who to contact for different things, which is really worrisome. Even though all that's going on, even though it's basically just like a tornado just hit us out of nowhere. I think all of us who are real fans, we still stick through, right? Like you mentioned, Sharon, always having that hope of things could change around because we know how big this team is. We know how much backing it's got. We know all those things that are going on. And so we can only hope for the best, but it it starts with us, right? It starts with all those big fans who, who are out there still going out there, supporting the team and not laying the team down. And that's when you realize, right? Especially, I think, after this season, if if we don't make it to the playoffs or, heck, I mean, if we're out of the playoffs mathematically, uh, like the first week of October, maybe, uh, all those fans who are still going to be going to games after that and at the beginning of next season, those are going to be the true fans, right? Because you're not abandoning the team regardless of what happened, regardless of not doing playoffs, not getting all that, you're still there because this is a new situation, right? Mm -hmm. We've never (laughs) been in it. (laughs) Exactly. It's it's like the relationship change. It's like, (laughs) oh my God, you went and got a master's degree. Who are you? You know, or something, you know, it's kind of like watching the, any, any relationship kind of watching it change and morph. And maybe we're in that spot. You know how, when you're in a huge change and it's so uncomfortable during the time of change and you're like going, gosh, you know, are we ever going to get to the other side? And then you realize we just have to buckle down. This is part of change. And there's a weird growth spurt going on and we don't, we can't, nobody's described it to us. So we have to like describe it to ourselves and it might not be what anybody else, how anybody else would describe it. And it'd be nice to have the club describe it their perspective of this change i would love to see the club come out with we know it's been hard this is what we're going through this is where we're headed these are the players these are the people that you know we're going to surround ourselves with these are the key folks this is why we did this we'd love to have that we've been talking about that all season we would love to have a level of communication to us that says why things are the way they are or you know their interpretation of it you know because we have our own (laughs) and our our interpretation is we feel left out (laughs) yeah sharon hits the hammer on the head with that i mean we 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 have been so used to 
you know, for those of us that have followed the club for a few years, have been so used to open communication from the club, you know, just like letting us know what's in the pipeline, what's going on. Here's the people behind the scenes, everything like that. But lately we've been getting hardly anything of that. And I think this would actually be a good segue for um, the next segment here, which is going to be uh, USL uh, Unsolved Mysteries, because uh, Luis and I have been talking about this yesterday as far as, you know, the next topic. And that's my favorite segment. Come on. I, I just love the Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> so for uh, for this episode, something we've been noticing lately, or at least uh, Luis and I, we used to be bombarded with uh, MLS information from the Republic FC, such as if you renew your ticket, you'll get priority when the rail yard stadium is built for MLS. Uh, if you do this uh, MLS and everything like that. But lately, and it seems rather uh, conveniently timed, that we haven't been hearing a whole lot of MLS, uh, either directly or impartially, uh, from the Republic FC. Uh, we've been noticing that, for example, of course, you may have seen, for those of you that have uh, been on the fence or have actually uh, uh, re-upped your uh, season uh, ticket holder, there's not really a whole lot of mention of MLS, if any. I mean, as far as the benefits or to, to entice you to buy a, a season membership, uh, especially for 2022. Uh, the MLS to SAC website is, oddly enough, still open and still open for taking $50 deposits, but... There's not a, ho- a whole lot of new information. I mean, even when Fabian Nunez was uh, on for the search for an investor, that news was not that put on the MLS to SAC website. It's more than likely just a placeholder that uh, that we're seeing that uh, they have the MLS to SAC just in case if by some miracle an investor comes walking in um, on Monday or Tuesday or something like that. Not to say it's going to happen. I mean, come on. But it just seems rather odd that now the Republic FC are not real hush-hush, but uh, not actively speaking on it. I mean, not giving updates, not really talking much about something that six months, nine months, a year, two years ago, they were just couldn't say anything without mentioning MLS. So this unsolved mystery is if... Why is it that they're not talking about MLS, but yet still have the MLS SAC website open? I mean, could it could it be that MLS is a done deal and we're out of it? I mean, granted, some some of us could really get, uh, give to uh, spots of brown butter, but uh, really, it's just how how odd that the ship is turning o- away from MLS as far as the conversation goes. I mean, that's I mean, are, are we done with MLS? Are we staying with USL? I, I would ra- I would rather see us have a stadium in downtown. I mean, it may not necessarily have to be twenty four thousand. I mean, maybe do it fourteen thousand, fifteen thousand, something like that. But at least have the stadium to increase more accessibility to the club. But if MLS is a done deal, or if you're not feeling all that great about it, tell us. Let us move on. Let us focus the club on what we're doing right now, rather than just have them a- as an afterthought let's get this demon out of our system. Uh, but just to add to that, Jared, and, and since we were mentioning the topic of transparency, right. And all that, and, and how we would want the club to 
talk to us, right? Like you were saying, Sharon, what better way of them than actually being so transparent and saying, let's be honest, we're really sorry it took us this long to let you know, but MLS is a done deal. It's not going to happen anymore. We just wanted to be transparent with you guys. Please accept our apology for not letting you know before we were in a boat where we weren't sure if maybe, you know, things could be turned around and that's why we didn't want to get ahead of ourselves. But now we just want to let you know, this is how it is. And we're really sorry to all the fans who purchased MLS gear already, right. Who went out to the block party. Uh, You know, unfortunately we thought this was going to happen, but you know, due to the circumstances and whatnot, unfortunately it didn't happen. We hope you'll still be out there to support us because we really need all the support that we can get. But again, we really apologize for waiting this long. Right? You're so funny. You're giving them the marketing script. <laughs> Luis, oh. you're, you're killing me. So, so this is you're so welcome. funny, William. So, <laughs> Lu- oh, William, like, this is Lu- I because I know you, 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 you might be you, you are might be pre. You might be predicted that it, it might be a done deal. So if it does true, it, it might. But because when I see on when I see on the website for, for this 2022 season mem- membership, it it wasn't there because the only the reason why it takes some time, because I'm sure they are trying to work it on their kinks out. Because I know a brand new Sacramento a Republican seat president, Todd Donovan, who is filling in for this role over the former president, Ben Grumpet. Because I know Ben Grumpet has been working so, so hard to, to make, to make, to make Sacramento Republican seat to become an MLS team. However, because with all the, the choosing of the plannings and the investment, it did, it did make it happen. But however, it did seem to be fell off short because of, we know that uh, Kevin Nanko, who is, he appeared on that game last night unexpectedly. It is a surprise at this time. So at this far right now, because we know we did receive a brand new in, in investor currently, but it needs to take some, a, lot, a, a lot more time going on. Because I know how the Sacramento and Sacramento Republic FC and Major League Soccer deal is still on currently hold right now. So if it you does it to keep on you are the, going. You're the optimist. I swear to God, William, you always have an optimistic view of things and of life. That's one thing I've picked up in, you know, knowing you and, and kind of watching how you express information on social media. You're very optimistic and we need more people like that. We need more people that have, you know, that optimistic attitude that we're just on a, a delay. You know, we're just, we just hit pause or we just hit delay, you know? So exactly right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and keep that optimistic approach. And if you ever do get that chance to have a one-on-one with Todd, or if any of us do, you know, to kind of really dig in and look in his eyes and see whether or not he's telling the truth or not, you know, because you can tell when somebody's bluffing, you know, if, if he's sincere and, and he can share with us that stuff, man, that'd be awesome. And, you know, Connor mm-hmm. Sutton, if, if he's ever listening to this, we've kind of queued a few topics up for Connor to go investigate internally, you know, cause they have their own podcast. It was like, Connor, get Todd on the horn, get Kevin on the horn, 
ask them these questions. Or if Kevin, if you ever listen to us, why don't you come on our podcast and kind of answer a few questions for us? Let us know, you know, is this a long delay that we're looking at? Is it back to, you know, a, a big hill or, you know, what are we, what are we looking at here? So anyhow, good job. Oh, thank oh, you so yeah. much. There's the cat. And by the way, the, because I know your chat, it is very happy right now. So yeah, there are so many top topics going on for, for this app. For this MRS deal, because yeah. I know there are because there are taking a lot more delays right now. So, however, we need to get much more details at this time if we are keep on going through or if we are going to quit at this time. So, I don't know. The only thing that happened is the future will be on hold for now. Actually, in my opinion, though. Yeah, I think we we definitely do need more optimistic views like that i'm, I'm with sharon there so <laughs> thanks for being that optimistic voice here for us but yeah i just think it's one of those things that we we definitely need to be more updated right on on progress or at least i mean if they at least just want to tell us like yeah like we're still working on it and and whatnot but i just think this whole season we, we keep hammering at it too right but we haven't heard much about anything it just seems like a tornado hit us this season. And I think that's what has me more worried, right? Is when you see that, when you see that a lot of things are not where they used to be at even two years ago, it, it just it has you worried a lot because we, as a USL side, before we were announced in MLS, we had a good structure and Sharon knows this very well, right? Everything functioned well. Like, yeah, the rumors of MLS were there and, uh, if we recall what three, four years ago, people were already like, yeah, it's not even going to happen. Forget about it. They just keep teasing us. It's not, it's not going to happen. Right. Don Garber just keeps teasing that we might, but then we see other cities get their bid. We see Cincinnati get theirs. Yeah. We're, we're a done deal. It's not going to happen to us. And so, and even then we were actually in a better spot, right? I mean, the organization was still functioning great. They were thriving regardless of all these rumors, regardless of people being pessimistic. And so that's, I think, what we're asking for is that we should have that structure again because we had it before we apparently knew that we were going to be MLS, right? So I think they need to just do that because we keep saying it over and over again. We as fans, uh, at least you know, all of us who are really loyal fans, we're still going to support them, right? Regardless of what happens, we're still supporting you guys because we were there since day one and we will continue to be there regardless of what league they're playing in. So that's that's all I, I think on that. But I just think that with all that's going on, I think sometimes we need to be thankful that with this structure that we have right now, imagine if we were going to MLS and this was what we were dealing with, right? I mean, this this would not be a good thing, which I, I, I would assume that we wouldn't have this structure and we wouldn't have all these issues that we're having now. But, you know, if you do have that and you're an MLS, then that, that's not a good place to be at in a league like MLS. So it's it's a challenge. But I think we need to start by first making sure we go back to that structure that was in place before. So. I guess what I'm saying, and I might sound like I'm joking, but Joe, can you come back, Joe Wagner? It would be really amazing if you made a comeback, please. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not joking. Yeah. I, I would, I would definitely welcome him back. 
I mean, br- bring them back. I mean, get us to, to where we were. I mean, I know he's probably got other um, projects uh, in the folder and everything like that, but I am certainly not going to complain if, if he is uh, welcome back to the organization. I, and I, in fact, I, I would ask that he please be brought back. I mean, like, like Louis said, so that's just me. Yeah, everyone, everyone agrees that because I'm sure Joe Walker is is likely to plan it if if he wanted ever to to come back to to Sacramento. I think I think that would be a, a possible benefit to be to be reimproved at this time. Yeah. Well, so it'd be interesting to see to see what people think of our unsolved mysteries. You know, if anybody ends up responding, or you know, if anybody listens to this unsolved mystery episode. Um, but at the end of the day, let's just go sack Republic and figure this stuff out. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly right. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it, things get figured out. That's all we really ask for. We want things to to be like that we're not asking for mls right now we're not asking for anything like that we just want a good product on the page and you know just be that team that we used to see two three years ago that and even i wouldn't even say two or three years ago, actually even a year ago right a team that despite all the circumstances with COVID that were going around despite not having people on the stands they were still playing well uh, under the same coach that we have now. And so that is, I think, what gives you more hope for coach is that we know that he's capable of having a good squad of, you know, of being amazing. But we need that reflected this season, right? And and I know that's something that we can get into another day too, where people have their own thoughts on, on coach and all that. But I know he's capable of doing things right and, I, he just needs to really talk to the players, right? Like get him to realize like, Hey, you're throwing away the whole season right here. And you guys have that talent and you guys could do it. And you guys are letting fans down that are, you know, used to seeing you guys at a good level and used to seeing good squads that even if they lost, they, they still gave it their all right. They were not stopping any minute they they kept going even if they were losing 2-0 3-0 you still saw them give them the give it there also one can only hope that things can change but as i continue to say please continue to support the team because they mm-hmm. need it more than ever before and don't worry about any other thing that goes on because when you support a cause when you support a team you don't really care about any other thing that's going on inside the team and trust me as a Cruz Azul fan, I can really tell everyone, and if everyone's aware of my uh, team and, and what they've gone through and whatnot, yeah, they've put us through some major pains through us not really liking their front office and to the point where we lost a lot of finals and a lot of things went on there. But we were recently champions last season after a long time since 1997. And trust me, wow. we still had fans who kept through. Who We went through all the bullying. We went through all these different things. We went through just a, a mess, a mess. It was just a mess all throughout. But guess what? I mean, at the end of the day, eventually, there's brighter days ahead, right? And things change around. But you got to stick through. You can't just say like, oh, okay, it's not good right now. Forget it. I'm just going to leave the team. You got to stick through no matter what. 
support the team, support the club, go out there, still cheer on the team. If, if you decide that you don't want to go to a match anymore, but you still want to watch it on TV, great. I mean, I, I completely understand if someone just feels like they can't go to the stadium right now, but still watch the games on TV. Don't stop supporting. Don't stop showing your support on social media. Still keep doing that. That's all we can really ask for. And any other situation, voice your opinion on social media, right? Uh, try to keep it PG, right? Don't don't get too chaotic with it, but voice your opinion, right? I think if more of the team actually sees more of these things going on, they're going to take action on different things, right? So anything that goes on, keep voicing your opinion. If they're not saying anything, don't give up. Just keep on at it. Keep on doing that. And if you need a platform, please let us know too. And depending on whatever it is that you want to mention, you know, we'll see if it can be aired or not. But, you know, we want people to understand that if you have an issue, you let the team know and that eventually they're going to fix it. You know, what we're just really hoping that things change around. It's been a chaotic season. Uh, and I think MLS, in my opinion, still has a lot to do with it. That's all I can really think of since we don't really hear much, but that's all I can imagine that could really be why we're seeing a different side of the team that we've never seen before. So, well, with that being said, I know we've kind of had a long episode today too, but we really hope that everything that we talked about today are probably things that you felt as well. And we felt the need to actually mention a lot of these things because we want your voice to be heard as well. We want to use this platform as a way to deliver that message. We know the circumstances around there not being a lot of podcasts aside from ours and Sacramento Republics. And so as one of the few currently active Republic fan-based podcasts, we feel that it's our responsibility to be able to deliver these messages. And while it's not always fun and games, right? We wish we would just be saying a bunch of great things. Unfortunately, this is not the case, but we want to make sure that we're as transparent about anything going on, but we want you to still be out there supporting the team because you got to support them regardless of what happens. So thank you, William, for joining us tonight as our guest co-host today. Oh, oh, oh thank you so much, Louis. I do really appreciate it for, for, for you time to become by and then to joining for this in interview for your own podcast for, for the first time and it was it was an amazing experience just to be interviewing with you guys and sharing with all your opinions to make sure that we are in this in this one big big family to make sure that we are giving a, a better understand to to make to make to make the sacrament Sacramento Republic FC, a, a better sports team in in, in the Sacramento region. Uh, and and thank you to Sharon as well. She just uh, uh, was able yeah, to last, still join. Incidentally, yeah, exactly right, for, and, for a short term. And thank you so much, Sharon, for your opportunistic work. Yeah. And, and thanks, Jared, for joining us. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that we were able to keep it PG, I think, right? I know we were a little worried there at the beginning that we would probably mm -hmm. get a little out of hand there, but all was good. Uh, everyone listening, we did not cut anything out that wasn't. <laughs> so it, it was good. We kept it PG. And 
Uh, I, I, I'm really glad that you're still coming down October 30th, regardless of yeah. the situation. And, you know, again, take note, everyone, that's, that's a true fan right there. Going to make the trip from Phoenix to Sacramento on October 30th, last regular season home game. We might be already out of the playoffs, right? And no opportunity, but he's still going to make the trip out there and support mm-hmm. the team, even if it just means, you know, just three points just to get a win for the end of the season. So, Absolutely. And, and of course, once again, if you aren't following us, first of all, why not? And second of all, yeah, you can find us at, sta- at, at State Republic 12 to keep tabs on the rest of the season through, through the fans' eyes. Uh, anything you want to shout out, let us know about that as well. I mean, you are the reason why we do this podcast, to, to make your voice heard. That to the Sacramento Republic FC, to the soccer world. So we want to hear what what you what your thoughts are at. And and once again, thank you very much, William, for for being able to, to come through on this episode. I mean, it's always great to have uh, more in, more insights uh, from outside the, uh, the the state of the Republic realm. So thank you. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you so so much, Jared, for your time. And also, I got to say, we didn't really go through the standings, matches, all that, too. But we are going to be having a midweek game. And that's why we'll kind of go more over standings after we see what the situation will be on that. But we are playing this Wednesday at Tacoma against Tacoma Defiance, 7 p.m. Wednesday, September 22nd. And that should be a really interesting match. I mean, it's going to be pretty critical uh, for for us to, to get the three points in that match. Because uh, Tacoma Defiance is uh, still sitting at fourth place, which uh, I got to say, uh, as of the time that we recorded this podcast, because we actually did have a longer podcast tonight, we were actually able to say that what we wanted to happen actually happened. And the Loyal actually ended up winning 1-0 against the Defiance. So yeah, currently, yes. So it, it, I guess, you know, yesterday's match, you know, we should have won. We would have been in a really great position at this point right now. But if there's something positive to take out of this is that Oakland lost yesterday. Tacoma just lost. Now Tacoma is still sitting at 30 points and we are four points away from them, but they still have one more game, but we have three games against them. So this Wednesday, be tuned in to your TV because we really hope that we see something great. You get three points and Suddenly, our hopes might be revived <laughs> because of this loss that we just saw Tacoma get. So stay tuned to that. Again, this Wednesday, September 22nd at 7 p.m. Check it out. Um, and we are going to be recording our podcast on Thursday, uh, day after that game, uh, covering all that we got from that game. And we're going to be taking a closer look at the standings at that point because at that point, we're only going to be eight games remaining in the season. So we'll do the math. We'll do all that stuff, the scenarios, what do we need, uh, where are we sitting at, and whatnot. So uh, stay tuned to our next show, which we'll be covering more in that in depth and also going over what will be the following game, uh, which should be a really interesting one as well at home. So thank you so much to everyone for all your support that you give to us always for staying tuned. I know this episode was a little bit longer. We really appreciate it. We are just trying to put as much information as we can on each podcast. And uh, I do want to apologize. We didn't do a podcast for the game against El Paso because 
there really wasn't that much to really cover on that game. And, you know, we really wanted to prep more for this episode and have more to talk about um, tonight. And so that's why I made this one a little bit longer. So kind of makes up for that last one that we didn't have a podcast for. So, but yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Have a great night. And we'll see you next Thursday here on State of the Republic podcast. I don't know if you guys can see the number. I'm like, I'm trying to see the number that is there, but it's a little bit blurry. I'm not really doing 1080p on our side. <laughs> this is not 1080p. This is more like 480 quality. Um, but it seems to look to me that, that might be... It looks like it's 30. I want to say it's Jordan. Do you guys see 30 as well? Or, or am I just seeing like the number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did witness it since last night. So it is him. It is Jordan. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, so we see Jordan not being able, and it's not really quite like Jordan, right? To not kind of be able to not stop the play there, too. But it, it's no simple reason. And William, I got to tell you, I know you guys are right in the middle of recording, but I got to tell you, I loved Bottle Rock through your eyes. Dude, you got to, every time you go to an event, I love your narration. I love your updates. I felt like I was a VIP right there with you, dude. It was awesome. (laughs) And I have to make a correction though, because as I'm looking at the replay and and they they now give us a, a closer shot, that was actually Cameron. Who was there that wasn't actually Jordan so sorry Jordan that wasn't you <laughs> I, I saw 30 but it was 31 <laughs> it was close but it's 31 uh, so that was Cameron there so it, ultimately it resulted in a couple of red cards oh oh was there oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure what happened there <laughs> uh, more blooper content I guess